How do you manage your investments? Today's episode is a great conversation about how to do just that. Welcome to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming, where we break down financial complexity into everyday conversation. Let's get talking. In today's episode, we're talking with Amanda Cantrell all about managing our investments. The main focus of this episode is going to be how we manage our investments. I'm going to cover how she manages her investments, how I manage mine, but the real way to get better with investing is, you guessed it, talking about money and talking about our investment strategies. If you've been listening for a while, you knew I was going to say that, but that's because it's true. It's going to allow you to do better than any sort of stock picking, timing the market, or any other crazy investment strategy. It all boils down to just talking about it more. And that's where we learn the really simple and easy tactics. So if what you learn next is going to be to listen to this conversation, take what you want to apply to your finances, do a little bit more research about it, have a money talk about it, and then figure out how you can implement it into your finances. But let's get us started with some easy ideas. Amanda and I have a great conversation today all around regular money talks, tracking the power of investing in what you value, staying accountable, and common investing pitfalls. The power of a written financial plan as well is one of the key things that I took away from today's episode. It's a great episode today, so be sure to share with a friend and have a money talk about what you learned. The money talking points for today's episode are how do you manage your investments, and two, do you have a way to manage your investments that's different than normal? With the money talking points in mind, let's get right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's interview with Amanda Cantrell. I'm excited to talk investments today. This is a topic I've been wanting to talk about for a little while. The title is kind of a little bit around how I manage my investments. So it's going to be a question we're both going to answer. So Amanda, would you start out just with a short introduction of yourself? Yeah. Hi, Skylar. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Like you said, my name is Amanda Cantrell. Um, I'm a mom. I'm a military spouse. I live out here in the Pacific Northwest and uh, left a corporate retail planning job after 15 years and started into, you know, financial coaching and uh, have several licenses in that field. So yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Awesome. Thank you so much for introducing yourself there. I'm excited to have this conversation about investing today. Hopefully we all learn some more and get some new ideas, but let's go ahead and just jump right into the first question of how do you manage your investments? What do you do with your investments? Yeah. You know, I think, um, personally our household, uh, we do a lot of tracking. (laughs) I would say that's the main part of our just kind of financial plan. We're constantly looking Skylar. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it it could be across a lot of different apps, a lot of different systems. In my early day, I, you know, tracked and managed my investments on spreadsheets, uh, especially as I was going through, you know, debt-free journeys and things like that. But nowadays, you know, there's so many great apps that can um, manage everything, even just the individual company apps. You know, if you are got a 401k somewhere, you can typically log in with just a fingerprint or your face scan and see, you know, what's going on with it. And so that's kind of how, you know, we get into it. We have things kind of all over the place, right? We've got in our household crypto, we've got insurances, we've got investments, we've got old retirement accounts, you know, things like that. Uh, and we constantly are just looking at them. And uh, I think the other thing for, for me, Skylar, too, is uh, having a personal relationship where you can and involved with that specific investment. Meaning, you know, if you have a financial advisor, is it someone that, you know, you can truly trust, you can call or text anytime, 
you have a question, somebody that doesn't get annoyed when you <laughs> want a meeting, um, having those personal relationships to in every category. You know, mm -hmm. I think investments, there's so many, so many different things and so many uh, types of financial plans you can have. But, you know, having a financial advisor you can trust, then the insurance broker you can trust, then a mortgage professional that's managing your home investment. You know, all of those people are incredibly important. And that's also kind of how I track it, because I, I like mm -hmm. to meet with people face to face and talk about my money instead of, you know, always having a, you know, the robot talk mm -hmm. to me. So, yeah, I like you hearing. Yeah, I like to hear you mention the idea of talk to people about your money. That's that's kind of the name of this podcast. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I manage my investments. We we honestly probably track it less than what you're saying. My wife and I check it quarterly pretty much. That's honestly oh, okay. all I'm allowed to adjust is quarterly because mm -hmm. before we set that rule in place, I was like bombarding my wife with, Hey, let's do this. Let's change this. What about this investment? Yeah. Crypto, this crypto, that. So <laughs> it's kind of a rule to keep me under control if we're being honest, yeah. which is important. Yeah. That's why I think there's so many different ways to, to manage it. Is there something yeah. that you feel is good for all your tracking? I know in my last interview, we talked about how many credit unions and like you said, different investment platforms have a great way to track it. Is there anything in yeah. particular that you use that's really good at tracking? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I don't know that there's one particular one that I like. Um, if you know one, definitely let me know um, because there are so many different ones. I think for me back, you know, when I first started this journey uh, in personal finance, I'm just a good old fashioned spreadsheet girl. Mm, <laughs> like, same. Yeah. I like to list things. I like to build pie charts, see, you know, fill them in. I gamify things. So, you know, whatever works for me, um, it's typically going to be spreadsheet focused. Well, that's um, awesome. Now there's also, yeah, there's also, um, uh, you know, a platform that I like called asset map, um, that kind of lays out, it's typically going to be through, you know, your financial advisor or something like that. But it lays out everything on a map. And mm -hmm. so for me, that's very visual and, and easy. And so if you're missing something on your map, then you can go fill it in, right, and find the right uh, piece of finance for that. So I do like that one. But, uh, you know, there's so many apps out there and, and things change, you know, uh, with the app process. And uh, there's been a couple that, you know, were super popular that then mm -hmm. went away this year. And so people are having to shift. <laughs> And that's kind of why I like just a good old fashioned spreadsheet. And now too, there, you know, you can go online and, and buy really fancy mm -hmm. spreadsheets to do your stuff fairly cheap uh, and keep it all in track. So I love things like that. Do you have yeah. an app that you like? Yeah. One I, one I use that I keep our stuff tracked into, it's called Empower. It used to be Personal Capital, oh. if you've ever heard of it. Okay. It's one of those that you can connect yeah. everything to and it just pulls the numbers mm -hmm. for you. I don't really get too into it, but I just have everything connected there. It's an easy way to compare my numbers kind of audit myself a little bit to make sure my spreadsheet stays on track. But yeah, like you said, those spreadsheets, yeah. people build some fancy templates and they, and the nice thing is, is they're often not a subscription since they're just a file yeah. you're downloading. So you can yeah. avoid that recurring cost. Yeah. I uh, discovered that this earlier this, uh, well, I guess last year now since it's 2024, but I didn't realize you could buy, you know, great templates on mm -hmm. Etsy, right? Yeah. You could go on Etsy and really, you know, 20 bucks, get a fantastic, you know, financial tracker. Um, and it's just kind of plug and play. And I agree. Then it's not a subscription. It's just kind of up to you. I find it fun to input. You know, I mm -hmm. think people get more accountable if they have to fill something mm -hmm. out 
versus let me just pop it open and see where I'm at. Um, but yeah, I love, I love a spreadsheet. Awesome. Yeah. Spreadsheets are awesome. That's, that was a fantastic beginning to our conversation, kind of diving in. There's many, even just from our first question, there's many ways to manage your investments, but second one here, is there something that you do different that you feel is different from the normal person? Something that you, you like to hang your hat on? Yeah, great question. I think for me, you know, and my husband, I probably will bring up a lot because we, probably more than the normal couple <laughs> talk about our money constantly. And I actually mm-hmm. like your idea of maybe we should limit it to a quarter. <laughs> We're almost in our stuff every day. And it's it's kind of like a healthy obsession. We like to get in and talk and, and see, you know, we're looking at our bank account. Where's this going? Where's that going? We're constantly putting, you know, every dollar to work that we can. Um, and so I think that's maybe a little different than most people. Mm -hmm. And I think also that we talk openly, um, even in front of our son, who's just about four years old. And, um, that's very different. I think maybe not so much with our generation, but people, you know, in our parents and grandparents generation, I think talking about money was a little bit taboo. Mm-hmm. And um, I love things like this. It's, you know, having a podcast called Money Talk, um, it, it's important. And that's why I'm passionate about it. I want my son to know that it's okay to have money conversations, even when they're stressful, right? We have mm-hmm. just the same stressful conversations as every couple. Um, when it's good, when it's stressful, when we're planning for something exciting like a vacation, we want him to hear those conversations. And I think that maybe is a little different than most. Um, I would say another thing that we do different than most, like I said, looking at it constantly, talking about our accounts constantly. We're always in lockstep with what we want to do. Um, and I think maybe this probably is similar for you too, valuing, you know, being out of debt and mm-hmm. um, constantly, you know, making sure we're staying above that, um, not getting back into debt, that sort of thing. And Um, I'd say as well for someone like me, um, we value the concepts of insurances probably more than the average person. Mm. Um, I think just because some personal experience and seeing, you know, people struggle when there was a a death in the family or things like that. So I think people around my age aren't necessarily the same (laughs) with Mm -hmm. that kind of concept. And so I think that's different for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Yeah, definitely talking about it a lot, which is, it's kind of unfortunate that we say talking about money is something that's different than most people, because really it should be something we're talking about frequently, often, and openly. Like you said, having the conversations around children can really open them up to the financial struggles that the household's having, the financial opportunities, which is really fun when you get to share those. And yeah, talking about it more is definitely something we like to do. We have our monthly budget meetings and we, we like to hold those, uh, in, in high regard when we tell people how we're doing with our money is like, yeah, we make sure to talk about it regularly. And one thing that I like that you said is that you value, you said you value insurance more than maybe a normal person because of personal experiences. But I think the key thing that I took from there is there's probably going to be a personal experience that's going to lean you more in a direction that's maybe against the the math, so to speak, like maybe you have more insurance than you need and that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that because Mm -hmm. that's where you value. Maybe you're someone who spends more eating at nice restaurants because that's what you value. And it's important to consider those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point, Skylar, because you know, I I think too personal finance is that it's very personal Mm -hmm. 
and, um, you know, just as unique as your fingerprints, right? And, and so many different situations can play into it, how you were raised and, and like you said, what you value and um, what you're trying to do, maybe break a cycle or mm-hmm. get to a certain point and it can be a vastly different experience you know, for the one person to the next, right. From you to me. So yeah, yeah fantastic. Uh, I do think we're, we're different in a lot of senses, but just talking about it, right. Like you said, so. It's yeah. Talking about it is so helpful, which is a perfect lead into our next question of how do people benefit from talking about their investment strategies? How do we, how do we open our minds up to each other and things like that? Yeah, I think, you know, talking with people about your strategies is, incredibly important um you know to to liken it to you know a military term having a battle buddy in anything Mm -hmm. is really important same with finance you know uh you know it sounds like we're both just similar and being on the same page with our spouse and sometimes that doesn't happen right that's not something i can help people with most of the time but um you know hey if you're if somebody's not on the same page financially as their partner or spouse significant other that can be really difficult but what you might have to do is just go get another accountability partner or a battle buddy so to speak that will go on the journey with you you know and and having the um straight up just accountability to somebody like hey i need to meet with you every two two fridays or every month to talk about my spending and just to hold me accountable Mm -hmm. right or hey i want to talk with you because you're really good at investing i want to meet with you every month let's talk about it and so, you know, I think having that, those open dialogues is incredibly important. Um, and, I, and sometimes I think just being open allows openness to come back, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. Where if it you're does. open with somebody, you might learn something, you know, mm-hmm. you might learn something that you can apply quickly or learn about a new, exciting investment that you can get in on. And so when, when you're open, it, it, I feel like it just opens the universe to you, too. And so, yeah, um, yeah I think talking uh, to a, a buddy is really important. Yeah. And that is a awesome like throwback to my last week's episode where I talked with Johnny Bowen and he has the term money buddy. So like you said, a battle buddy, a gym buddy, oh, I love that. have your money buddy. So yeah. I'm going to help, I'm going to help Johnny wave yeah. that flag and wave that term and make sure I give him credit because I really like the idea of money buddy. Yeah. Like you said, someone to meet with yeah, regularly. I like that too. That's, yeah, that's excellent. I think having a money buddy is like going to be a game changer for some people, mm-hmm. right? Because if you try to do things on your own, sometimes it's just like that New Year's resolution, right? You go to, you want to go to the gym more, and by yeah. the end of January, it's not happening because you didn't have a gym buddy, right, mm-hmm. to hold you accountable and wake you up in the morning. Same yeah. thing with money management. Yeah, someone to keep you accountable. Idea. Accountability partners in every area are super helpful. But your strategy yeah. can yeah. evolve yeah. over time, right? That's that's what we want to talk about a little bit next. Yeah. I think this one will give us a little bit more conversation. How do you think strategies evolve over time? Specifically, like I, I previewed you a little bit with someone who's 18 versus nearing retirement, which is kind of mm-hmm. the whole spectrum. But your your strategy can evolve yeah. even over a couple of years as your lifestyle changes. But how, how does that happen for people? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question and a great study. You know, I, I've met with so many people, different stages of life, different ages. And yeah, it's vastly different. If even if I think back to, you know, when I was 18, right, we are just in a totally different mindset, first of all, different mm-hmm. life experiences and different things that we have to focus on. And so I think early in our adulthood, it's it is about, you know, uh, accumulation 
maybe it's, you know, that's when the debt journey typically starts because maybe people are going to college, right? And so they're getting into, you know, the student loan situation. And then they're navigating the transition into careers where suddenly they have that regular income Mm -hmm. and a huge amount of debt. And so (laughs) it, it evolves into paying off debt. And then hopefully they're getting out of that quickly and then really starting to think about saving for their future. One mm-hmm. thing that I, Skylar, I don't know about you, but one thing that I think threw me off just in adulthood in general <laughs> was planning for a child, right? Mm-hmm. So when I had my first son, it was actually the height of the pandemic and, you know, the world was crazy. And um, I don't know that I was totally financially prepared for that because it's also not talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't really, you understand like, okay, I'm going to have to buy diapers and food for a real long time. But what does that look like? And and so there's different stages of life that happen that can come sometimes, you know, set you back a little, even if you feel like you're really good with money. Um, And then, of course, as we age, you know, going into that protection mode of life, too, where, you know, we're getting ready to retire and we we have these dreams, goals, you know, spending time on the beach with our grandkids and have we saved enough over the many, many years to get to that point comfortably. Um, and I think if, again, there's no accountability throughout mm-hmm. our life, we're often going to be left short, you know, and, and not hitting the goals that we want to hit. And sometimes we just kind of expect things to happen, I think. And, yeah, you got to uh, put a little bit of effort into life, it. You have to constantly, yeah, exactly. You have to constantly put effort into it and constantly have accountability. And things do change every year of our life, right? So always kind of going back to... Uh, where are you right now? How are you tracking it? And uh, who who can help you, yeah. you know, be accountable? I love hearing threads throughout. I have conversations with a lot of different guests on my podcast, and I love hearing threads of over the last couple of weeks, it's been track it, talk about it, and then make a plan. And that that's just fantastic. Like you said about yeah. the baby thing. Um, as my wife and I are nearing that, like we're not pregnant, but it's certainly a thought in our mind that of how will that, how much will that cost? Like mm-hmm. being, uh, two adults with no kids is a pretty affordable lifestyle. Like we can, we can do what we want, but how do we, how do we put that like in the back of our minds to prepare for? And that's where those money buddies or a a community of friends and ask them, like, if you, if you know someone who has kids Mm -hmm. say, how much did that really cost? Like, and then take that into account. That'll kind of help you get started rather than just throw you into the fire. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, just kind of talking to people that have been through it before, you know, having some friends, family that that have gone through it. But yeah, there's some things that uh, we think about, right? Having a family and growing families, but that's never really talked about in the money world. Mm -hmm. What does that cost? Um, And sometimes, you know, if people have um, struggles uh, having a family, it can get really expensive. Um, Mm -hmm. They go different routes and and that's something to think about too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, in general, as, as people are different ages, um, you know, it, it's helpful to know and pull back from your own personal experience, right? When we were 18, what was going on? Um, I didn't understand credit cards. You know, I didn't understand the value of saving. Um, kind of ties back, though, to one of the questions earlier, if, you know, something that I might have done differently than most people. Mm-hmm. I do remember when I first got those corporate jobs, um, I didn't know much about money, but I did know, all right, this company is giving me, a, you know, a 401k, for mm-hmm. example, and they're telling me they're going to match, 
me up to X, X percent if I put X percent in. Mm-hmm. Well, I started doing that immediately. And I think that's also something different than most people. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of different schools of thought out there. I probably could have put that extra percentage into my student loans or whatever, but that really set me up long term. You know, when I was um, doing max funding of my 401k at age 25, mm-hmm. that was probably abnormal than, than most yeah. people my age. People underestimate the 401k. Right? It was yeah, yeah. It gave me that forced discipline. And if that money came out of my paycheck, that meant it wasn't in my bank account to spend on frivolous things mm-hmm. when I was learning to be an adult. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, different stages of life can can definitely change, um, and you learn too. Yeah, and they're all fun. They're all different experiences. But the the best part is if you're doing good with your money, there's just so much opportunity that people just aren't afforded. And that's the 401k is one of the favorite things I get to tell my coworkers about because they know I host this podcast. They know I, I like to talk about money and things like that. So they'll, they'll bring me questions. But the other people that are around my age or like fresh out of college and stuff like that and getting their first career, I'm like, you, you got to at least do the match. Like you're, you're single or you're just newly married. Your lifestyle will be fine. You'll figure it out. So just you got to get the match and get yourself started because the time you have is invaluable to let that money grow, which is just, it's awesome when people, they see it and it clicks. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish more young people would take the advice, Mm -hmm. right? Because uh, it is hard to say like, okay, let me just give away X percent of my paycheck. But when you're young, you have that time value of money that's going to compound and it can really set you up later in life just so much faster and hard to describe that to people, right? When they're in the midst of, you know, fresh earnings or getting out of debt or something like that. But yeah, super important to get that free money from employers for sure. Um, And yeah, kind of like you were saying, like life, you know, you'll figure out a way that's the same to go back to the family conversation. It's the Mm -hmm. same. Just know, you know, when you do have a kid, you'll figure it out. It'll just happen. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, man, how how are we doing all this? We never did it before, Mm -hmm. um, but everything's fine. Right. And so you do figure it out. Yeah, your lifestyle will adjust to however much money you have to spend and you'll be okay. It'll be it'll be fine. You'll still have fun and you'll still have opportunity. So yeah. awesome. What are some common investing pitfalls? I think one of them could be not getting your employer match with your 401k. But what are some other pitfalls that people may fall into when they're first getting started? Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think not getting matches <laughs> companies is a huge one. Um, you know, I think one of the, the biggest pitfalls is that people make uninformed and emotional decisions, mm-hmm. right? I've seen so many times when, you know, you know, like last year's stock market, not great. And people are making emotional decisions, pulling funds this way, that way. And, and it's just not worth it, right? Then you pull it out and what happens? Well, the market bounces back and you miss out. And uh, there's a lot of psychology, right, involved in in money and decisions. And uh, when you make emotional decisions, you are literally leaving money on the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been studied so many times. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dalbar study um, where it's really just uh, explaining the psychology and the effects of people's investments when they make emotional decisions. Mm. And it's been studied so much that you can literally pinpoint a number to it um, hey, if you make an emotional decision, you're going to miss out on X, Y, Z. So uh, emotional decisions around uh, money exist every day, right? Even in relationships and marriages, 
it, mm-hmm. it can be very emotional. Um, typically because one person or another is, is not doing the right thing and it causes some friction, but emotions exist just in money, just like they do in every decision of life. And so being able to control that can help you control, you know, your money and your spending and your decisions too. And then I think another, you know, investing pitfall that a lot of people, um, we've especially seen in the last several years is things like a crypto, right. Or, Mm -hmm. or, things that are really, really exciting that people jump to. And I'm all for jumping on bandwagons, but you better not jump off. Yeah, you got to be kind of long term, right? So if mm-hmm. you're going to jump on the bandwagon, you got to stick to that decision and not be emotional when it's doing this for a while. Yeah, you know, that's where the quarterly idea jumped on helps. The bandwagon way earlier than, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it helps you kind of even out the playing field of, of time and emotions if you maybe only talk about it every mm-hmm. now and then. Um, but yeah, I wish for sure I had jumped on the bandwagon earlier. But when I did jump on the crypto bandwagon, it was, you know, things that smoothed, uh, smoothed out and, and we understood it a little more. And, and so we made an informed decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just stick with it. Yeah. If you're going to jump on, you better be ready to stay on because that's, that's, that's the, the saying goes something along the lines of the only people that get hurt on a roller coaster are the ones who fall off or something like that. Like everyone else is fine. So you guys, you just got to stay on board and and you'll be okay. But I think uh, the first one about emotion plays right into our, our last question here about written investing plans, which is exactly why my wife and I have a written plan that we can only, I can only change it quarterly. I cannot bring her any other investment ideas or different things to do except quarterly. And then that's when we talk about it and we write it down. It helps remove the emotion, like you said, because there's a lot of emotion in me saying, let's do this new crypto, this new crypto, this bank account's offering some weird crypto type thing. Like there was a lot of emotion in that time period. Uh, what do you think about how a, a written plan can help and bring value to someone's investing life? Yeah, you know, I used to be the person that would tell you like, oh, writing goals down, that's fluffy, it's never going to work. But (laughs) once I started actually, right, writing Mm -hmm. things down, it it changed the game because it puts it, you know, like you said, it removes anything else, right? It's on paper, it's in black and white or on a spreadsheet, whatever you want to call it, but it's there and it gives you that uh, it's almost like an accountability partner, really, mm-hmm. right? It's a mm-hmm. uh, non-personality, but it is something that you can look at, follow, and track. And so having those those uh, plans written down, I think, is incredibly valuable. I'm also a believer of, hey, if you put it out into the universe, um, that's when things get, you know, going. Because mm-hmm. if you're just thinking about getting out of debt or you're thinking about becoming a day trader or you're thinking about you know, matching your employer 401k. That's what it is. It's just a thought. It's a good intention, right? And we all have good intentions. We want to leave our kids with a legacy. We want Mm -hmm. to save for our futures. We all have those good intentions. But until you really write it down and follow a plan, that's all it is. It's an intention Mm -hmm. and there's no action behind it. And so I think having meetings like you're talking about with your spouse um, is incredibly important and having the plan on paper helps you turn your intentions into real yeah. actions to help you get there. 
Yeah, it's a perfect thing to share with your money buddy to say, hey, every every one month, let's talk about where our numbers are. And then on the third month, we're going to adjust it. So it's, it's a really, really great way to keep yeah. yourself on track, keep those action items going, actually do what you want to what you want to do, what you say you'll do, but awesome. This has been a fantastic conversation. And if there is anything that was ever a good um, advertisement to go watch on YouTube, it's the background of your video. I don't know where you are, but it looks super nice out there. It's sunny and there's water and forest and it looks awesome. So go check out the YouTube video of this as well, if you're listening, but yeah, it's been a super fun episode getting to talk and yeah, to wrap up, how can people find you? What are you up to? Where do they, yeah. Where do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks Skylar. Appreciate you having me on. First of all, I'm excited to uh, continue watching all of your podcasts and uh, hopefully this is helpful for people as well, but yeah, everybody always mentions the background. <laughs> it is not a zoom background. It is my backyard, but no, I'm up here in the Pacific Northwest. This is the, the Salish Sea behind me, also mm. known as the Puget Sound. But <laughs> uh, we love it up here. Would not be here, you know, obviously without making great money decisions and, and talking about these types of things as a yeah. family. But, um, yeah, for people to find me, you know, I think one of my favorite places for, to connect with people truly and have some professional conversations is actually LinkedIn. And mm. so you, um, people can go find Amanda Cantrell Financial Consulting on LinkedIn. Follow me there um, on Instagram, too. I'm Amanda Cantrell, FC, as in financial coach. So Amanda Cantrell. And, uh, yeah, look me up on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'd be happy to connect. Thanks awesome. for the shout out. Yeah, of course. Everything will be linked in the show notes, as everyone expects. So you can find her Amanda's information and go connect with her. But Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. It was a really great conversation. Thanks so much, Skylar. Look forward to more. This episode can really have a lot of impact on you. There's a lot to go over. And if you were to go out and do just one thing from today's episode, I think it can honestly have a pretty big impact on your investing portfolio and choices. So let's talk about a few of the things. Let me just hit on a couple ways that they can impact your life if you were to implement them. One of the ones that I know comes up all the time is the 401k match. It's something I hear about very often. Anytime I ask someone about investing, they're always like, oh, make sure you're getting your 401k match. It's the first thing that comes up. Why is that? Because it's so important. It's a basic and easy thing to do. And like I said in the episode and in the interview, your lifestyle is going to adjust. Make sure you're getting that match and make sure your 401k is invested in something simple. But that 401k match is the most important thing. And if it's the one thing you took away from this episode, it's super easy to set up. Go ask your HR department and get that started because that's going to have a lot of power to allow you to retire later down the road. Another thing that I thought was really impactful is taking the emotion out of investing. If you're able to do that, you're really going to make it a whole lot easier for your investing decisions which is where a written plan comes into play. I love that my wife and I have a written plan that I can only change quarterly. This is for my wife's sanity, but it's also helped me calm down about how we're investing. I'm not wanting to change it up every other day because it's written down and it's something we stick to at least quarterly. And I can only update it that often. And that can have a huge, huge impact on keeping you sane when the market's going up and down because you just don't worry about it anymore. Another one that can have a huge impact is an accountability partner. I hope you heard the term money buddy come up again from today's episode as it was in last week's episode. It's what we talked about a lot. Accountability can be a really big thing towards helping you getting your finances on track. Tracking is another thing that got brought up yet again. And I think it's one of the biggest things that we can do to get ourselves started. So if tracking is the one thing you take away from today's episode, really consider how you can do it effectively. 
Keep it really simple. Use an app, whether it's Empower or some other sort of tool that you connect all your accounts to. Use your credit card or credit union account. There's very likely a tool that can start tracking everything for you and break it down into categories for you. Last but not least, the power of money talks. Both Amanda and I shared our enthusiasm towards talking about money with our spouse. Whether it's with a spouse or with a money buddy, having money talks is going to be how you do better with money. Or else, how are you going to learn about it? Yes, you can listen to every podcast out there. You can listen to every YouTube video out there. But when you really get into it and talk about money with someone, that's when you really start making progress and when you really start getting your questions answered because you're likely going to have questions from everything you listen to. So make sure you have a money talk about what you've learned and then go apply it. Before we wrap up here, I want to talk about the money talking points. The first one is, how do you manage your investments? This is one I want to hear from you. You heard in the episode and in the interview how I manage my investments. So I want to hear from you. Go on YouTube or shoot me an email and leave a comment about how you manage your investments. Is there something specific you like to do? Keep it simple and short so we can start some nice, easy flowing money talks around how you manage your investments. Do you like index funds? Leave a comment about that. Do you like gold and silver and that's your investment strategy? Leave a comment about that. Do you like cryptocurrency? Let someone know. And that's the power of how we all do better with money together because we're teaching and telling each other what we do and how it can be beneficial and we're learning together. The second money talking point is do you have a way of managing your investments that's different from normal? And however you think it's different from normal, let us know. This is gonna be a fun one to talk about. Like I said, some way that I think I manage my investments a little differently is strictly with index funds. I keep it very simple. We just put our money into an S&P 500 fund and leave it at that. I don't try to pick any stocks. I don't know what stock is going up, what stock's going down, what stock's splitting soon. Anything about stocks, I do not know. It makes me worry-free when it comes to our managing our investments. I hope you were able to take away some valuable information from today's episode, and I hope you're happy the podcast is back. I know that I am. We're also back with more content. So be sure to head over to YouTube this week to find even more content with a little bit more of a deep dive into some of the topics that Amanda and I talked about today. You can find me on YouTube by searching Money Talk with Skyler Fleming or by clicking the link in the show notes. Remember, just one of the items we talked about today is going to be enough to get the ball rolling for you and get that momentum started. So take the one idea that you thought was most interesting share it with a friend and have a money talk about it because that's how you're going to actually get it to stick and implement it into your personal finances. If you like today's episode, then you're really going to like last week's episode where the idea of a money buddy came from with Johnny Bowen. So be sure to head to your podcast player or head over to YouTube and search for episode 118 of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming and give it a listen. But thank you so much for listening to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. This show is provided for informational and entertainment purposes and may not be specific to your unique situation. Please be sure to do additional research before making any financial decisions.